Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. During the 19 months before the Taliban retook Afghanistan, filmmakers Tamana Ayazi, as well as Oscar-nominated director Marcel Metal-Sifan, gained unique access to Sarifa Ghaffari, the youngest female Afghan mayor. In her hands, the documentary film follows the 26-year-old Ghaffari as she navigates multiple layers of political and personal turmoil, including a tense relationship with her father, a leader in the Afghan military, and the dilemma about working with her bodyguard, the film, again, is called In Her Hands. It's currently screening at uh, Doc NYC. It's one of the most highly regarded documentary films of the year. And it's an honor to welcome to the program Marcel Metal-Sifan, as well as Tamana Ayazi. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you, Mike, for having us. What was it that put you on to Sarifa Ghaffari and her story? And uh, Tamana, I'll start with you. We started working um, in her hands in January 2020 when there was peace negotiations and deal happening between the Taliban and the U.S. government. And as an Afghan, it was uh, difficult for me to see that Afghans were not part of the peace talks. Uh, even Afghan government was not part of it. And also we wanted to tell a story of my generation because everybody, whenever they talk about the past 20 years and they say that it's a lot of waste of, it was a lot of waste of money and resources but it's the opposite because we experienced freedoms and opportunities as well uh, for example we were able to go to school university work freely but we knew that if taliban uh, comes to power again everything will change um in afghanistan especially for women and girls marcel in terms of zarifa's story about becoming mayor of this town how did that happen as, as Tamana just rightly said, we, we wanted in this crucial moment for Afghan history, try to find strong characters in order to tell the journey of the country. And we primarily were looking for a strong woman. And it was then when we read about Sarifa, who became one of Afghanistan's youngest mayors through a selective process where she applied and she was uh, out of candidate, I think 150 candidates. It was a competitive process. She she was the one who, who made the, the final round. And it was then that the president um, put her uh, as the mayor of a very, very conservative part, uh, 50 kilometers outside Kabul, a place which was uh, divided between the government and the Taliban already before the Taliban took over. Um, and I think it was for us when we met Sarifa for the first time was her boldness, her courage and uh, the way of just not accepting that just because of her gender, she was not allowed to do what she wanted which striked us and we realized once she gave us the access not only to her political life uh, but as well to her personal life something which is very very rare in afghanistan that we realized okay here we have the right character and we started filming 
And we would never ever had imagined uh, that all this tragic event would would start to evolve in front of our eyes and on our camera. Tamara, how would you describe her, her personality, her character? As Marcel mentioned, how would you describe her as her style of, of going about her life? Uh, Zarifa is bold. She's courageous. She's brave. She's different. And she she understands that um, she should not be a follower. She shouldn't follow. And uh, we always talk about gender equality. But what we what you see in the film is um, the real life events. That's what we are dealing on a daily basis in a country like Afghanistan. But we shouldn't forget that it's happening all over the world. Whenever we talk up, we see Iran, for example, in France, um, it's the opposite. Women are pushed to yeah, they, they are not allowed to wear a scarf. But then when we see in uh, Iran, it's the opposite. And then in the US, we have abortion rights. Um, and yeah, we need women like Zarifa to raise their voice and yeah, follow their path. It's not a huge part of the film, but just watching the, the few moments in the film where we see her in the process of governing her town is very interesting, the dynamic. And to hear people, men, on the street talking about how an antithetical it is to to them the idea of a woman being in charge and and all of those things it's you're right this is something that we can point to a country like afghanistan and other countries where it's so regressive but we here in the west have certainly a long ways to go as well in terms of the the place for, of women in positions of power and uh and simple equality i mean we still struggle with that and it's uh we we need rather than pointing fingers, we need to look in the mirror. Uh, I want to get into a little bit about the relationship between uh, Mas Masum, her bodyguard, and Zarifa in terms of the dynamic and how it plays out over the course of the film. I think Masum has an arc to his story that is probably in some ways a kind of an allegory for Afghanistan itself. Um, Marcel, how would you describe that relationship? <clears throat> So I think as filmmakers, you're always looking for a strong secondary character, uh, especially in in a film uh, which is foreign. And this was the challenge in Afghanistan that you, foreign language uh, you you wanna you wanna be able to do to to jump. We had already the the Taliban, but we were looking for somebody who was next to Sarifa who would become as well a, a strong character. And as you rightly said, Masoom made this unbelievable arc. They he was. When the beginning, when we met uh, Sarifa, Sun was there all the time. He was the bodyguard. He was this charismatic, good-looking young man who would like to write poems. Uh, who was yeah, full of energy and dedicated to to sacrifice his life to for Sarifa. And it was over the course of this two and a half years that when Sarifa went through all these tragic events that she had to take the decision to leave Maidan Shah, go to, for another post in order not to risk the life of any other family member, and then ultimately leave the country. And it's this notion of feeling betrayed of Masoom, which we thought represents the journey of so many Afghans who thought that uh, the Taliban might be a solution for the failures of the international community, the failures of an Afghan government. Without, that's very important that Masoom ultimately 
joined the Taliban, but we thought it is in a way quite symbolic to have all these people realizing we've been left alone. We are we, we are desperate and we feel betrayed. Tamana, in terms of the history of Afghanistan, um, were you born in Afghanistan? Um, yes, I was born during um, civil war and first Taliban period in Afghanistan. And I lived uh, and I was in Afghanistan until last year when Taliban came to power. Um, yeah, and tried to stay uh, because that's my country. That's where I belong and that's home. Uh, but unfortunately, um, I had to make a tough decision and flee um, when but things were complicated and uncertain. Yeah, but in terms of the sort of the even the most recent history of Afghanistan, let's go back to the 1980s, right? When the Soviets invaded Afghanistan, there was there was that this uh, tremendous upheaval within Afghanistan, and then the Mujahideen comes in, fight uh, fights the the Soviets. They eventually retreat, and into this kind of power vacuum steps the Northern Alliance, the Taliban. Al Qaeda, what in in terms of just sort of the on the street, the the, you, the world you grew up in, this kind of chaos and turmoil and violence and unrelenting kind of poverty, how how do you navigate? How do you how you and the Afghan people that you know and love, how does this? There's a certain amount of resilience in this in in these people, but how much can you take over the period over this even the last forty five years? It's 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 madness. I mean, yeah, for the uh, more than uh, 40 years, what happened in Afghanistan or was happening was very unfair because it's the people who are paying the price. They never choose the peace, the war, but they are the ones who are paying for it. It was always political games uh, by the Afghan polit politicians and world leaders. But unfortunately, we are, we are paying the price, especially women of Afghanistan and people of Afghanistan, no matter where in the world. For example, my family is in three different continents now. Why? Why I am going through this? Did I do anything? No, I used all the opportunities, everything to be uh, to make um, the world a better place for myself and people around me. Um, but it's unfortunate because Af Afghanistan is a beautiful country and people are warm. They are kind, they are wonderful, um, but unfortunately, um, because of the reasons I just mentioned, uh, we never managed to live in peace uh, and harmony, and um, it's not an easy life, the life we live in, even now. Like, people might think that I, I live in the UK and everything is okay, but trust me, whenever I wake up in the morning, I cry. I cried earlier today, that's why I'm not really in the mood to talk about it. Um, and also when in the middle of the night I woke up and um, I had a dream that something happened to my family because my loved ones are still in the country. I had to call them at 2 a.m. to make sure they are okay and safe. Um, so yeah, this is how it is. I want to um, quickly remind our, our listeners that we're talking about the film in her hands and we're speaking with the co-directors, Marcel Metal-Sifan, as well as Tamana Ayazi. And it is a film that is screening on Netflix. You mentioned when you began filming in January 2020 and that the U.S., the Trump administration was already negotiating with the Taliban. And even that process of negotiating with the Taliban, in my opinion, this is my opinion, that the fact that Trump 
was negotiating with him at Camp David on 9-11 to negotiate a deal for the essentially the future of Afghanistan could not have been more symbolically and practically a bad idea, but it happened. So in that period of time, as you're sort of when that became an evidence that it was going to happen, how did that impact you as filmmakers? And just generally, how did you feel at that point when you you could see the writing on the wall? Um, Marcel, what was that like? So I think for us, uh, and especially for me, not being Afghan, the biggest motivation here is the generation of Tamana, the generation of Sarifa. And that's why we wanted to follow somebody like Sarifa in her age, being 26 back then, uh, somebody who was the proof that despite all the failures, there was something to be proud of, something to, to take care for, is this young generation who were dreaming, who were shaping the country, the future, and this generation who we so terribly uh, betrayed as an international community by taking this decision to making a deal which was not rightly thought through and to escape and to uh, and let them uh, have the, the the situation they have right now and i think by for me as a as a foreigner uh, who lived in afghanistan 10 years ago was was again this one young generation which i i thought was was so important to follow and um when we noticed in 2020, early 2020, that something going to happen, that this peace deal will be a turning point for the history of Afghanistan once again. I think this was as well the reason why we actually managed to get the access to the Taliban, which was for us once, since they were already legitimized by the international community, um, that we thought, okay, let's see who are those people? Why did this movement, which is actually a movement with a, a, a very radical ideology. Why are they uh, the people thinking that those guys will make things right? And um, and so we approached them and we get the, got the access uh, to go in and keep on following uh, this character, Musafer, who is in the film, a guy who used to be an NGO worker for the America for an American NGO and out of some reason he thought this is not working this is corrupt so i gonna i better join the taliban we did not do this in order to whitewash the taliban whatsoever but i think what was important for us is to understand what this division is a division of people who feel betrayed of people who feel neglected and that's again a very universal thing this is something which is not only happening in afghanistan angry bearded men are a phenomenon all around the world. We're here in, in in the US where you have as well this critical mass of people who are angry with a system which is not working, not want to compare uh, these two worlds, but the phenomenon is something which is happening all around the world, divided society, polarized for the societies. And that's what we wanted to do. The struggle of women are universal and the problem of uh, divided societies are universal as well. And we were able to relate to this, and that was the purpose of us giving them a voice and trying to understand how the mechanism works of, yeah, of a divided country. Come on, I, I hesitate to ask this question simply because 
I don't know the answer, and I'm not sure if you do either, but do you feel like it, within the people of Afghanistan, I described the resiliency that is evident to me and the people who live there, particularly the women, do you see a path forward? I mean, we uh, we hear reports of the inability of the Taliban to govern Afghanistan. The international community has, by and large, walked away from Afghanistan. Is amongst this kind of ruin, is there? do you see possibility? Do you see hope? I definitely do. The reason I'm here and talking about the film and also uh, after having a difficult night, I'm able to talk. It's because I do have hope um, and I believe in the woman and power of women, especially the ones who are fighting inside Afghanistan on the streets under Taliban regime um, and oppression. They go on the streets and they protest. So um, it gives me hope that there will be change, but all we need is to bring more people together. We need to show solidarity. We need to help each other, amplify our voices, and also um, yeah, support women activists, for example, in Afghanistan, because they are the ones who lost all the opportunities, all the freedoms, for what? For a leadership, for a government they didn't choose. Everybody is traumatized. My country is traumatized. I am traumatized. But we cannot stop, unfortunately. We have to keep moving. And it's 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 not a choice. This is the only option we have, and we have to keep doing what we are doing. Thank you for that answer. Well, before I let you go, I want to congratulate you, first of all, on a wonderful documentary film, very powerful film, uh, really lays out uh, not only the story of uh, Sarifa Ghaffari, but also the people that you're talking about uh, in Afghanistan. My congratulations to your production team, as well as a couple of noteworthy executive producers that have come aboard, uh, Hillary Clinton and and Chelsea Clinton, who have who've joined your, your production team. And uh, I, I think by virtue of the fact that this is a wonderful documentary film, that and as well as uh, the high-profile people involved in it, I think that will help get the word out. More people will pay attention. Any last words in terms of being on Netflix, uh, Doc NYC, anything you want to point people to in terms of more information about how they can help, what can they do to support the people of Afghanistan? Tamana, anything? Um, yes, I would like the audience, um, uh, the people in the world, to watch the film. It will be on Netflix, 16th of November. And also, I want them to don't uh, think that it's just a film, it's more than a film because it's reality of a country like millions of people stuck in Afghanistan under Taliban uh, regime. So yeah, we need to take action because it's important, it's urgent, this is the right time to do something about it. And we as filmmakers are working on, a, on an impact campaign for girls' education because unfortunately we are not able to solve all the problems. But through this we are trying to bring more partners together to do something about girls' education in Afghanistan, uh, find them mentorship, scholarship, as well as invite government and ask them to put pressure on the Taliban and policymakers to do something about the situation in Afghanistan. Thank you both so much for spending some time with us. Uh, the film, again, is called In Her Hands, and we've been speaking with the co-directors Marcel Mendelsethan, as well as Tamana Ayazi. All the best to you. All the best. Stay safe and uh, continue to um, push forward on the great work that you've been a part of up to this point and will, I'm sure, continue to do. So thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 